On today's podcast, we are talking about the pros and cons of owning a property portfolio via a limited company. And this is probably one of the most requested episodes we've ever had on Medics Money. So I'm really excited to record it. And we start with the basics, but by the end, we get in pretty technical. Uh, so hopefully that's useful to you. And what I would say is if you haven't listened to the limited company podcast that we did previously, then definitely check that out. And if you're interested about investing via a limited company in general, we also have a podcast on that as well. So definitely check out those previous episodes. We also recorded this just before the budget, so hopefully there's not been any major changes, uh, but please bear that in mind. And of course, like all Medics Money podcasts, this is for information only and does not represent any form of advice. And the other thing to say is if you find this useful, please, I know so many of you have subscribed and sh shared this with your friends, but keep sharing it because we want all doctors to be able to empower themselves to make better financial decisions. So let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Medics Money Podcast. My name is Dr. Tommy Perkins and I'm a GP. And my name is Dr. Ed Cantelo, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and a chartered tax advisor. And yes, you did hear that right. Not only is Ed a doctor, he's also a chartered accountant and a tax advisor. Medics Money empowers doctors and other professionals like you to make better financial decisions. So on today's podcast, I'm delighted to welcome back uh, Jenny Stone and Alan Cook from RBP Specialist Medical Accountants. And you might recognize them from the podcast that we did very recently about the pros and cons of using a limited company for doctors. Uh, so welcome back to the podcast, guys. Do you want to just in reintroduce yourselves in case some of our listeners haven't listened to your previous podcast, which seems very unlikely to me? Hi, Tommy. I'm, I'm Jenny Stone. I'm one of the partners at RBP. I've been a partner for 17 years. We only deal with the medical profession. So spend my life dealing with GPs, um, doctors. And hi, Tommy. My name is Alan Cook. I'm a senior manager in the private client team at RBP. And uh, we, like Jenny says, we exclusively deal with um, GPs and hospital consultants from a tax perspective as well to give them the right guidance. Awesome. And um, you're veterans of the podcast now. So uh, thanks for coming back. Uh, the last experience obviously wasn't too bruising for you. But um, Alan, you wrote an article recently, which was really, really interesting because um, we talked about the pros and cons of running a limited company for doctors in the previous episode. And if you haven't listened to that, I really recommend that you do, uh, especially because we cover off the basics there and get really in depth as well. But your article, Alan, was about a question that quite a lot of doctors ask us, which is about using a limited company if you have a property portfolio. So do you want to just give us a, an intro about um, about that? Sure. Um, I mean, this is really all, all, all really surrounding kind of residential properties. So back in um, April 2017, the revenue brought in new rules, which meant that the loan interest that people were incurring um, on residential property uh, was going to be restricted over a period of four years. So in 2017-18, the loan interest would be restricted by 25%, um, so only 75% would be allowable. And this is phased in over a period of four years. So if we fast forward now, um, 2021, 0% will be allowable against, um, against your rental profits. But that balance is going to be allowable as a tax reducer um, when you come to do your tax 
return. So, so basically, the, the question is, is it suitable to transfer your residential properties into a limited companies? Because a limited company doesn't have the same restrictions. So we have a number of clients that ask us this question you know, almost on a weekly basis. So we felt that we really wanted to write something so we can just give it to them and tell them that, you know what, it's not always the right thing to do because as with any form of tax and any transaction, there are probably five or six different taxes that are integrated in that transaction. So just to give you an idea, if you're transferring property into a company, you could have capital gains tax implications. Um, you could have inheritance tax implications. You could have also stamp duty implications as well. So it's not something that you can take lightly when you're looking at transferring a property portfolio into a company. Um, and so really it's, all, it's almost like asking a set of questions before you even entertain going into a limited company. And whether it's actually worth it for you. Um, so if, a, say, for instance, let's say that a, an individual has owned a, a rental property for a number of years um, and it's pregnant with gain, huge amounts of gain. Um, what has to happen is that if they sell that property or transfer that property to a company, they have to do it at market value. And of course, if you're not receiving any funds for that transaction, you could end up having a huge capital gains tax liability without actually receiving any funds for it. Um, and so it's not the ideal position to be in if all you're try only trying to do is save the loan interest restriction relief. Awesome. So, so that's, that's really the, 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 um, the nub of it. So... Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just no, I was just going to say, and I think this is what has generated so many people having an interest in setting up limited companies. Is they've suddenly seen their tax bills go up because of the loss of not getting a full forty percent tax if on the mortgage interest it's restricted to twenty percent. And again, they're hearing, oh, well, if I put it into a limited company, I get it all back. But there are upfront costs that they have to really you have to plan for and think about. Can I actually afford to do this in the first instance? I think people's kind of been sleepwalking into. The four-year phase and then start to realize i've not made that amount of money on my property well you have because these are the restrictions and we're getting that's the reason why i think that we're getting asked all these questions the the a lot of property investors did this at the very beginning you know so we're finding a lot of people didn't really realize what was going on although the information was out there and you know 25 percent doesn't seem too bad 50 percent doesn't seem too bad 75 percent really starts to hit and then when 100 percent comes in because a lot of people have are quite quite highly leveraged on on property um and so it's not a level playing field with a limited company and um and individuals so that's that's the real problem but i think um you have to ask a few questions when people ask do i do do i put this into a limited company or not and, you know, it's, it's almost like, how do you own the properties? Are you a high rate taxpayer? If you're a high rate taxpayer, then it might be worth considering it. You know, is it worth considering equalizing the um, property ownership between spouses? Um, one of the spouses may be a lower rate 
um, tax part. But to do that, you also have to jump through a few hoops as well. So it's not as easy as just I'll transfer it and I'll put it into their account. There's a few hoops that you have to um, jump into as well. And of course, is the property mortgaged? If the property is not mortgaged, then it's not even worth putting it in because all you're doing is putting it in to pay a tax charge and to put it into a company. Um, it's it's a pointless thing. And the other thing I always like to talk about is the bigger picture. What are you going to do with that property at a later date? You know, if, if it's going to be your principal private residence at a later date, don't even consider putting it into a company because there's a ton of things that you have to consider before before you be able to pull that out of a company again. So very, very difficult. Awesome. I mean, that is just a really amazing quick checklist for things to think about. Um, rolling back slightly, because we are getting quite complex here in a really niche <laughs> area. So I just want to check uh, for my benefit and the listener's benefit that I understand this correctly. So imagine I'm a doctor and I own a rental property with a mortgage before the 6th of April 2017, I could deduct the interest payments on that mortgage against tax. Um, is that that's is correct? That, that's absolutely. And that's interest correct. only, obviously, not interest the capital only. repayment, the interest yep. only. So interest I mean, only. yeah, deducting yeah. the capital repayment would be amazing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, every time we get asked, that so yeah if your mortgage interest was say ten thousand, you were getting 40 percent tax relief so that was reducing your tax bill by four thousand pounds from 2021 you only get two thousand pounds back in tax you know reduction in tax so just that change in legislation has cost you two thousand pounds but the other thing which again i you know could complicate things the way it gets adjusted could mean you start to lose your personal allowance. So when you declare it on your tax return, your rental income would be, your income was 20,000, your mortgage interest was 10, so you made 10,000 pounds profit. So if then your taxable income is below 100,000, you keep your personal allowance. This changes means that your property income that you're declaring now to test personal allowance is 20,000. The 10,000 mortgage interest is a tax reducer. So if you were £90,000 and you made £10,000 profit, you kept your personal allowance. But if your earnings are 90000 and you've now got income of twenty from rental, you start to lose your personal allowance. So there is also that cost there um, to think about. Yeah, I, I think um, you know, Jenny's right. It's a minefield. It's not a one, again, it's not a one size fits all and you have to take the right guidance for it and, and almost plan forward and try and do a bit of crystal ball gazing because it's a difficult, really difficult subject to get right. Yeah. Okay. So um, we've talked about the sort of downsides and a little bit about what factors to consider, you know, when limited might work for you and when it might not. Um, uh, give me some advantages of losing using the limited company well there are well it's it's quite straightforward is that you're going to be entitled to claim the loan interest um of course capital uh corporation tax is charged at 19 percent um so you could actually be rolling up income in a in a tax-friendly environment um so and and if you do pull the money out again it's it's going to be taxed either as a dividend or a salary so you, it's, it's, there's a benefit to roll up income in a tax-friendly environment, but to get to that benefit, 
there's a there's a whole heap of pain to go through for the for the for the first bit. Yeah. Okay. And um, talk to me. I mean, this is getting really niche here, but talk to me about the annual tax on envelope dwellings. ATED. <laughs> Jen, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> so, ATED. So, um, so previously. ATED, this annual tax. So if you've got residential property in a company, there potentially could be further tax to pay. So the ATED limits used to be two million pounds. So, you know, these were kind of really wealthy individuals that would have, say, and I don't know whether it was geared at kind of non-DOMs that had these, you know, big houses here, they were sitting empty, and therefore then they would have like a tax charge to pay. So, but that rate of 2 million has come down and it is now half a million. So you think you've got a residential property in London, you know, we've now got clients that are affected by ATED. So what happens is if you own a, a residential property in a company worth more than um, half a million, you have to do an ATED return. So again, this is a separate return that has to go in to the revenue. Again, deadlines, penalties if it's not done. If you've got a property that is empty, uh, residential property sitting in a company that is empty and not let, then there is tax, there is a tax charge to pay on that. So a lot of our clients at the moment have residential properties where they're let. So you can then claim exemption and you actually don't have a tax charge, but you still have to file an ATED return. Penalties for these returns not being submitted can go up to thousands of pounds. So you do have to be, again, making sure that you know your accountant that's dealing with it you know they need to know and the value of the property is it taken at certain points of a, a, a time when you're doing the return so it's quite it is complex it is complex but if you've got a residential property in a company over half values at over half a million you have to be doing ATED returns and potentially if it's empty there could be potential tax charges as well and so that means you do have to take proper proper guidance because not all accountants will understand the ATED rules it's very it's a very complex set of rules yeah this is a very complex podcast but hopefully is useful to those of you that uh, are in this situation because again I think it's something that isn't discussed that well and uh, this has been really informative and clear so you know the opportunity to deduct the interest on the mortgage against tax is a fantastic tax uh, advantage that has now fully closed from 2021, as you said. Um, so, you still get 20%. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, 20%. it's not that you don't get nothing, it's yeah. just that it's actually gone down. And I think that, ha- that has to be clear is it's you, you yeah. were getting 40%, but you will get 20%. So, it's not completely gone, but it is obviously reduced. Yeah. Uh, And so if like most of our listeners are doctors and they might be considering uh, buying a buy to let because somebody's told them that property is a fantastic investment and uh, whatever, that's your personal investing choice. But if you were that doctor, let's say you're a higher rate taxpayer, um, you know, what, what would you guys be sort of saying to them from a purely you know, tax point of view, we're not talking about whether or not uh, property is still a good investment. That is not what we're talking about, but purely from the tax point of view. Um, I think, I, I think if you're just original, if you're going to buy the property um, and you're not transferring the property in, a, um, in a limited company, that probably is a slightly different approach um, because you're doing it f- 
because the actual company's buying it um, rather than you transferring it. So that's probably a different proposition altogether. Uh, so I, I suspect those sorts of people would probably want to think about a property portfolio within a company if you're just starting out. Um, but I think the individuals that have property maybe want to sit on their hands to see what happens in the future. Um, we talk about the budget coming up. I don't think um, they're going to be anything in the budget or I don't think there's going to be anything in the budget in future budgets at the moment. But I also think that the landscape will change for companies. And I do think um, there'll be a leveling up of the playing field for private individuals versus companies. So I do think at, at a later date, there will be some changes to this. So you have to think about the bigger picture about, is this going to change? Is it going to change in the future? And is all of this planning that you're going to do worth it? You're teasing us with your crystal ball there, uh, Alan. Uh, it's tantalizing, but I think... Sorry. No, no, I think it's a, a good point that you make, absolutely. All right, so this was pretty complicated, super niche, but really, really useful because, again, it's something that we see all the time doctors saying, oh, I'm going to put my property portfolio into a limited company. So hopefully this has given you something to think about. Uh, thank you so much for your time, guys. I'll drop your contact details in the show notes below so that people can get hold of you if they want to talk about this more. Um, and thanks so much for your time and everybody stay safe out there. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends about it as we empower doctors to make better financial decisions using the expert knowledge of people like Jenny and Alan. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. Bye.